The views of the guests and hosts of the BIPOC Academic Coalition are solely their own, unless otherwise specified, and in no way represent the institutions they may be associated with or work for. Welcome, everybody, to the BIPOC Academic Coalition podcast. This is our very first episode. I'm very excited to introduce everybody who's on this podcast. I, I'd like to just uh, start off by saying at every podcast, let's move into this dialogue with the confidence of a mediocre white man okay let's have that confidence about us the same way a mediocre white man walks into every room in academia and feels so confident about themselves so comfortable so comfortable so comfortable about themselves that they <laughs> own that space this is our space to own That's and right. for all of the listeners who are joining us you're all new listeners obviously this is going to be a podcast that relates to all things about higher education, academia, uh, mostly in Canada, but you know we can't ignore countries like the United States or the UK because they're so influential and there's that cross-cultural influence that we have together. It, it relates to everything about higher education, but specifically about the BIPOC community. Um, and it's been typically a space that has not been very uh, welcoming to us. Uh, it's been a space that has um, built white supremacy uh, throughout its history. And so we don't fit comfortably in there. It's, we're not the ones that are, you know, uncomfortable about being in that, sp in that space. We're made to feel uncomfortable. So this is a dialogue uh, that's going to be between um, mostly the uh, the three of us with our producer. That is my daughter, Farrah Roxanne Stonebanks in space right there. Uh, we may be doing this on YouTube if you're listening to it in podcast. So we uh, may be having the uh, the visuals uh, on a video on YouTube. She's going to be joining us. We have Christine Fauché. Christine, say hello, please. Hello, listeners. Christine, where are you? Where are you located right now? I'm in the what's known as the far north of Quebec. Mm -hmm. It's actually I, we've had about in the last uh, two weeks we've had about a foot of snow. Mm -hmm. It's actually with the wind chill today minus nine. So what what community are you in? The Cree community of Wimengi. Okay, thank you very much. Christine, uh, just a quick introduction about Christine uh, in terms of academia. We're all connected to academia in one way or another. She is an ABD, all but doctorate at McGill University right now in the Department of Education. Ame Avalanto, dear sir, where 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 are you right now? Hi. I am uh, in Richmond Hill. Mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's in Toronto, in too. 
north, yeah, yep. yeah, the north of suburb of uh, Toronto, mm-hmm. and yeah, that's it. That's it. Well, there's more than that. We'll find out more as the as the episodes <laughs> go on. You are a doctor in what field, Ame? Uh, in uh, uh, French uh, linguistics, uh, uh, but I also uh, own a degree uh, in uh, French literature, and uh, I don't know if I will say that I am also. I also studied in education. So mm-hmm. let's say that... Uh, let's say I, you're overqualified. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. I, 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 I did what I have to do as black mm. male in order to have right. a chance to enter the... Right. <laughs> right. So you're overqualified but considered subpar to the mediocre white man in the university. <laughs> Thank you very much, Ame, for joining us. Abdullah, where are you right now? Uh, that's home, Montreal. Of course, I'm calling from uh, the Eastern Townships in Quebec. So we got a uh, few people. Well, we only we have actually four out of the five of us are in Quebec, but in very different areas of this rather large province. Abdullah is a PhD student also in the Department of Education at McGill University. That is correct, Abdullah, right? You're still yes. holding on? Yeah. You're still holding on? <laughs> still persisting. Still persisting. That's good. That's, right. what, we, that's, that's what we have to do. And um, my lovely daughter, Farah Roxanne, um, just finished her master's in education. Yep. Uh, in the same department at McGill University, the Department of Education, and she's starting her PhD next year. And uh, Roxanne, for those that can't see, you are in space right now, right? I am in space. Yeah, I'm taking a little break. <laughs> you can see that only the two real academics are Christine and Ma, who have like the real books behind them on a bookcase. <laughs> Well, I, I joined. Yeah. I joined this with a fake background of books. I got made fun of pretty quickly, so I changed I want, it to space. I want to make sure. I want to make sure that people don't think I have bombs in the academy. Uh, so. Bombs! Oh, oh yes. <laughs> well, Farrah Roxanne probably has a, a messy bedroom. That's why she's probably calling us. From, so you know, so that's, it's all clean laundry. It's all clean, yeah. <laughs> and as I said earlier, Abdul and I have the uh, the white uh, sheet behind us. Why, Abdullah, Do we have that white sheet? Uh, it's the curtains next to mm, me. Right. Just trying to hide uh, something behind them. That's right. right? <laughs> for for regular people, you know, they may think it's curtains, but for Hamas. This yes. is so that no one can find out where we're calling from. Correct? <laughs> yeah. Hey, there's 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 a lot of Middle Eastern people uh, right now in this uh, in this call. A lot of Middle Eastern people. Yeah. There's uh yeah four out of five of us. We have to do a, a DNA test on Ma to see if he has any Middle Eastern blood. In him. <laughs> 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 well. Our topic of today's discussion, we're, we're coming in first episode quite hard. Um, it's hard to ignore uh, the Middle Eastern elephant in the room in academia right now. Uh, it's been around a month and a half now of uh, a vicious attack on the people of Gaza. Um, I, I can't describe it any other way. If you want to say that I'm biased, I'm biased in terms of my 
perception of what's going on. And I can't help but also say that academia in Canada, United States, the UK, and France have taken a very from the outset of uh, since a month and a half ago, and I'm going to have to say October 7th, um, have taken an extremely pro-Israeli stance. They have uh, participated quite actively in what I would deem to be either unsupportive to write out intimidating to a lot of the pro-Palestinian uh, faculty, and the, the faculty are a minority, quite frankly, who are speaking out, but mostly this pro-Palestinian movement on in, in the universities um, are being done by students. And it is uh, not, <laughs> I would say, uh, a very friendly space for them to express their points of view. So I, I just like to start off our dialogue, our conversation, by asking people's general uh, perspectives on uh, what they have seen um, or what they have read. Ame, we'll start with you, please. Oh, um, I've been watching a lot of the news and trying to connect this news to my corrupted black uh, academic <laughs> academician. Yeah. And the one thing that I noticed right away, particularly in the mainstream uh, media, if you pay attention, they will never say Israel-Palestine war. Mm. They will always depersonalize the people Israeli, Israel is attacking in considering them as Hamas. So the mainstream media will be talking constantly about the Israel-Hamas war mm -hmm. yes. while the, the real people who have been killed have nothing to do with the Hamas. So the depersonalization of the victims mm. of the vicious, vicious attacks is clear in that. Let me be clear. I totally, and I told you this, uh, mm. uh, Chris, I totally, I am disgusted about this October 7th attack on civil Israel people, totally. But does that justify the total impunity, the total right of the supremacist, Israel supremacist regime to decide which Palestinian will live and which Palestinian will die until they have done enough of what they plan to do. This is totally, totally, I am looking at this world and honestly, my depression <laughs> increases, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, that, you, you've, you started off with an interesting take and I have to go to Abdullah, I, I think right away, which is this question um, 
that keeps on coming up. It's a, well, first of all, the first question that's going to be asked, Abdullah, is uh, do you denounce uh, Hamas? Do you denounce the attacks by Hamas on October the 7th? And you know, anytime somebody pronounced Hamas like that, <laughs> it's, it's because they're trying to try to demonstrate how like native they are to the area. And they, <laughs> well, they know all about it. They, they know, know all about it. it right? Yeah. That and when they say Raza. Yeah, it's way, whenever they say that, it's just like it's it should send off like warning signals. They're going to say something terrible next. They're just trying to pretend like they're authentic. So, Abdul, what what about this uh, this idea? Because this is the kind of dialogue that we're we're not allowed to have openly in academia, and it's the dialogue of well, you know, what is Hamas? Who is who is Hamas? And why do we have to denounce it? And um, <laughs> why does it represent all people? And let, let me put it another way. If a country declared war on the United States and the Democratic Party was in power, would they be, would they be you know, declaring war against the Democratic Party, you know, or the Republican Party? You know, can you give us some perspective on that? Because, uh, you know, you are from Syria um yeah. you came to canada as a refugee and a, you know you say you're uh, I'm, I'm happy that you say that you're a proud refugee <laughs> in canada it was 10 years ago now how long has it been uh eight around eight, eight around eight years ago okay so you know you you now know canada quite differently than you knew it eight or ten years ago or 12 years ago or 15 years ago what's your perspective on what you're hearing it's it's heartbreaking, and if we will talk about the 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 life that we are losing since nine the October seventh, we should talk about the lives that we have been losing since nineteen forty eight, uh, since the occupation of Palestine and uh, what happened there, the massacres that happened there. Yeah. So as as a human, I denounce any. Uh, any uh, any loss to any life. Mm -hmm. It's not only from nine seven, from October seven. It's from all back to to the history. And if we are talking about Palestine, so we have to start with the nineteen forty eight. So, why is it so difficult? for people to have that conversation and i'll jump to christine because she's in cree territory right now uh christine <laughs> you are in cree territory right now now's a good opportunity to uh ask somebody who's in the area it works very well with the question why is it so difficult in academia to talk about colonialism and imperialism when it comes to israel and palestine because it's it's a conversation that makes everybody just extremely uncomfortable on campus. What what are your perspectives on that? Especially in Canada, it's what they've done to indigenous communities and nations across Canada. They've um, effectively put it, put them on reservations on lands that they occupied and colonized over the centuries, and um, so it's. It's very similar to what you know they're still doing to indigenous people in, in, <laughs> in the sense that they're still erasing and erasing the history of what happened, <laughs> uh, whitewashing it and 
Um, even with words that we keep hearing about decolonization, nothing's changed. Um, it's a lot of smoke and mirrors and um, lip service. So when we talk about um, when we talk about erasing a culture, a people, a nation, that's exactly what's happening now mm -hmm, mm -hmm. with the genocide in Palestine. Yeah. In, in academia, I remember the first time I heard a white person, and it was a white woman, um, refer to herself as a settler colonial. It was done with, look how wonderful I am, kind of. <laughs> kind oh, of a, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, like look, how, look how amazingly um, reflective I am as a human being. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I am a settler colonial. I'm admitting. And, yeah, but I'm like, admitting. And then it. what, though? Yeah, you know? but but, <laughs> it, but it was it was really just kind of like almost like sucking the power away from anybody who's experienced discrimination mm. or racism. That they were like, I got it. I I know. I know what I am. Uh, let me just continue the oppression. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's the same thing. You know, the the first thing white supremacists will tell you is, oh, you know. My best friend is a black. You know, my best friend is black. The minute someone tells you that, on the way, yeah. if you don't want to fight. Yeah, it's like them saying Hamas or Raza. Yeah, it's the same yeah. thing too. But Abdullah, do you, in the classes that you've been in, the courses that you've been in as a PhD student or even as a master's student, do you feel uncomfortable or handcuffed and fully expressing your opinion always always like when it's related to the the uh the genocide in palestine mm. and we, we can't say anything we can't express like uh the we can't tell the point of view of the middle east because in the middle east they have different perspective about Palestine the, and the resistance there and why do we have like that conflict there and the ongoing uh, genocide that's happening uh, to, to Palestinians there so we can't you cannot say your, your opinion or, or transfer the, the, the opinion of the people in, in the Middle East to, to any class here in the West what was the what was the name of the um medical doctor slash comedian who was on Pierce Morgan. What was his name? I can't remember. It. Uh, Bassem Youssef. Yes. Okay. I, yeah. I think he, he said it best when he said that he was completely unqualified to talk about the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, besides the fact that he was, you know, an Egyptian Arab himself, married to a Palestinian woman. It's always like this. Yeah. But he said what you and I, Abdullah, would say. <laughs> If we were sitting down together and having a coffee, <laughs> this is the kind of conversation that you and I would have together. This is the same thing he did, which is why he became a hero to everybody in the Middle East, because they were like, finally, somebody said what we've been thinking, you know, with the same kind of humor and the same kind of sarcasm and, you know, of, of all the hypocrisy. But we're not having those conversations on the campus at all. We're, we're all, like you said, you know, it, it's, a, it's a constant fear of of saying anything whereas we look at everybody else and you know if they're white they're very confident in saying what they're saying i mean they're even mm -hmm. so confident to say that they're settler colonial yeah right yeah. settler settler colonizers but yeah, you can't but you can't say that though when it comes to israel 
there's there's a block because they are wide their opinion is the superior to your opinion they know mm -hmm. everything and you know nothing yeah. it's the same like uh, concept that uh, keeps going everywhere here in the west well let's let's um listen and watch a video from cnn and uh farid zakaria and what he has to say about the nature of freedom of speech on campuses and elsewhere. Other conservatives have tried to publicly identify and shame students belonging to groups that voice support for Hamas. A hedge fund manager proposed circulating lists of these students to ensure that they don't get jobs. Many donors have demanded that universities issue statements, either condemning Hamas or supporting Israel. Some even insisting that certain rallies and speakers be banned. Many college presidents issued follow-up statements when their original responses were not seen as sufficiently strong in their support of Israel or denunciation of Hamas. This is all a far cry from where universities used to be. In 1967, in the midst of the passions of the Vietnam War and the Civil Rights Movement, a report by a University of Chicago committee chaired by the eminent legal scholar Harry Calvin eloquently argued that the mission of the university could not be fulfilled if the institution formally took positions on controversial political issues of the day. The committee a university, if it's to be true to its faith in intellectual inquiry, must embrace, be hospitable to, and encourage the widest diversity of views within its own community. It is a community but only for the limited or be great purposes of teaching and research. It is not a club. It is not a trade association. It is not a lobby. Simply put, the university is the home and sponsor of critics. It is not itself the critic. Mm -hmm. The argument for free speech espoused by the Kalman Report is that it is better to hear those you violently disagree with than to ban them or silence them. That way, debate happens out in the open points are matched with counterpoints. The alternative is to drive discourse into the shadows and gutters of political life, where it festers, turns into conspiracy theories, and often erupts into violence. Let's stop there. So there, there there's a couple of things. We're, we're never going to get through uh, in one episode what needs to be discussed uh, on this uh, at all. There, Right away, my first thought is, um, first of all, that Farid Zakaria is, is not radical left. He is quite central, even right. So anyone who's looking at him and automatically assumes brown skin, uh, Muslim sounding name, he must be some kind of like radical. He's not. He's not. He's, mm -hmm. he's, he's very centrist and uh, and a little bit right leading as, as well, from my perspective, anyway, or from where I'm standing on the political spectrum. When I was doing my uh, undergrad, actually, uh, at Concordia University, which is the site of uh, many famous conflicts <laughs> about uh, pro-Palestinian uh, rallies, uh, there's been a lot of incidents that's happened at Concordia University. I remember a professor in sociology getting mad at us for one reason or another, probably because we hadn't done the readings in the class. <laughs> and she was quite annoyed at us because we weren't taking these readings to heart and she got annoyed with us and she said this is probably the luckiest you know time in your life where you get to have these kinds of discussions you know where you get to be radical and she said universities are supposed to be locations of social fermentation right that's what they're supposed to be about 
<laughs> so I guess my question uh, to anybody who wants to answer it is, do you feel that that's what universities are doing right now? Because universities are just bricks and mortar with a name. It's the people inside them that make the university what they are. So do you feel that these locations are locations of social fermentation? <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, definitely has something to say. I <laughs> mean, uh, if you look up Ame Avalanto, and we'll start to get to know people as these episodes go on, yeah. you will see that Ame is quite famous um, for daring to speak on the BLM movement as a black man. You know, that was your first mistake is yes, being that, black. That is my being black mistakes. when speaking on the Black Lives Matter. So no, my first my first mistake uh, is actually being black, <laughs> and uh, the the other mistake attached to it is being black and dare to live and think that I have the right to live. And the third mistake is to be black. <laughs> they live and think that I will have the same rights as any other academic in the academic space. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what, what is your opinion? Like experiencing, because we've jumped from the BLM movement um, and all the promises uh, to nothing happening. Um, and you know, nothing was, nothing was done. Universities love a buzzword. They love Now, now it's Islamophobia, but they don't even want to talk about Islamophobia. It's, it's, it's not about Islamophobia. It's about denouncing Hamas, you know, that history starts at October 7th. Because it's safer. Universities are going to choose whatever's safer. So Ame, what is your, what's your take on this? uh, My, my, my point of view is uh, you don't hide what you are comfor- comfortable with. You don't prevent people from talking about something you know is not wrong. You only silence around things you know is wrong. So if supremacists are trying hard and try hard to silence anybody who criticizes the genocide politics of Israel governments. That means they know it's wrong what Israel is doing. It's not people who are criticizing those genocide, that genocide who are wrong. But because the victims have to turn in the mind of supremacists. Victims have to turn to perpetrators and perpetrators have to turn to victims. It's well sold in that way, then yes. This uh, part of uh, interview we just watched remind me of uh, Colonel West and Alan Dershowitz. I don't know if yes, you guys... I saw. I saw them. We we should, we should play that. Yeah, absolutely. It, mm-hmm. And the, it, you can't, you can't segregate, push people to a corner, preventing them from 
leaving briefing and say, but in the meantime, you have no right to say you have your knees on my neck. The minute you say, you complain about yeah. them having their knees on your neck, you become terrorist. Yeah. Well, let's let's jump to the next to the next video because it, it works very well with uh, with what you just said. And as uh, Roxy prepares that, I'm going to get rid of this big gray cat who loves me so much, <laughs> and I have to get rid of him or else <laughs> he keeps popping in the screen. <laughs> We're hearing from a Jewish student at the University of Maryland. She says a pro-Palestinian rally on campus turned anti-Semitic today. Hateful phrases like Holocaust 2.0 were written with chalk on the main campus plaza. Now that I know what some people on this campus think, I don't feel as safe walking around, especially alone or especially at night. The University of Maryland just released this statement to us. It reads in part, quote, we are aware of hateful anti-Semitic sentiment expressed at today's demonstration by students for justice in Palestine. We condemn it in no uncertain terms. The University of Maryland Police Department has launched an immediate investigation and continues to conduct real-time threat assessments. Responsible parties will be held accountable. Okay, uh, it, that's just a very quick video. I'm just curious because there's a lot of things that are being interpreted and I'm not sure they're being interpreted right. When you see in the context of what's happening today, Holocaust 2.0. Yeah, I was just- What are you thinking? <laughs> like, what do you think? Yeah, I thought this was more like they're relating what's happening now to what happened during the Holocaust. There you I, see. It, like I, immediately, that's where my brain went to. Not look, your your Iranian DNA is showing. Yes, <laughs> that's exactly. <laughs> that's exactly what I think. I mean, that is whoever wrote that. Yeah, I don't think is saying it as a threat. I think they're saying you're you're doing to us what's done to you. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's that's what they're saying. They're not it's saying asking for self reflection. Yeah, yeah. It, it's being in entirely interpreted I, I i think in a uh, i'm a victim first kind of way well, because um, who's always going to be the villain right it's i think it's easier for them to put certain people as always being the people who are terrorists always starting something bad and then other people can never be the victim right i mean yes. right? yeah yeah so, yeah. so yeah. abdullah if you if you could speak a little bit to that in terms of not just how uh <laughs> how do i put this not just how you feel when you are at university in terms of expressing yourself. Well, you know, let's just keep it to that. Like, how do you, how do you feel when you're trying to um, express yourself freely? So if you say something like Holocaust 2.0, where it's automatically considered as a threat, like if you could speak to that a little bit, uh, or if if you would, if you even dare talk that way, that would be also <laughs> interesting to know as well. I I don't think I will be able to say it. Okay, mm. uh, the the Holocaust two point because right away it will be uh, perceived that I am the attacker. Yeah, I am the the criminal. Absolutely, uh, I, I will never be the victim. And everything that's happening in, in Gaza now, uh, 
we we only like uh, in in universities and like the the and the higher education you don't see that declaration about yes in the, in, in Gaza they are it's, it's a genocide and what has been happening in in uh, Palestine is um uh, it's it's an apartheid for yeah. Palestinians <laughs> and uh, we, we you don't we don't talk about like uh, Jews they have like their own roads that they can go in and Palestinians they need like Passport. uh, passports to to uh, pass by to the other side every day every, every single day every and, different, and different kinds and, and different and different, different kinds kinds, yes. different yeah. kinds as well yeah. Yeah, and yeah. so nobody will talk about this no. in in academia because uh, those in in let me talk about Gaza, they are less privileged. Mm. They don't have power. They don't have uh, money. So mm -hmm. we don't care about them. Yeah, we care about our allies on the other side. <laughs> and I'm, also, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, but I have to be. I have to give credit to some of my colleagues uh, we ha we are uh, left uh, left uh, 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 left side uh, people uh, mm -hmm. at york uh, meet themselves uh, in a group uh, uh, actually put together by a fa this famous uh, colleague he is retired now uh, called Youfa uh, Democracy, where we we discuss, uh, take position about uh, many of these uh, attacks on uh, freedom, and I have to give uh, uh, credit to some of these people who stood up through. Uh, open letters uh, that we signed, uh, uh, actions, uh, the various actions uh, against what is happening to Palestinians now at York. And uh, one one thing I want to point out is the this one, this initiative came from a Jewish colleague. Absolutely. Who said, mm -hmm. of course. It's not surprising at all. Um, oh, no. no. This, this, this guy, Ricardo Grimstrom, and he said, yes, as a Jewish, I am mourning my people who are killed October, or kidnapped October 7th. But that doesn't give me the right to... He didn't use the, the word genocide, but it's not far. Mm. It doesn't give anyone the right to be doing to Palestinians what Israel is doing to Palestinians now. It's coming from a Jewish colleague and the letter, his letter that he is initiated against what is happening to Palestinians I don't know yet uh, how many signatures, but I'm sure it will get more than uh, thousands of thousands signatures. If, if you read so, the... Sorry, go on. So, yes, there's still 
human people who see human as just the one kind and not a hierarchy <laughs> steps among humans. So there are some, the point is the main administrations, first, it's economical. Yeah. The most the, the people who finance them to be doing what they can do in total impunity when they raise their voice and want them to work as goats, they work as goats. Yeah, well, I mean. and 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 cowardice as well. Cowardice is yes. uh, yeah. Oh, it's absolutely. it's kind of it's a it's a false bravery. Exactly. You know, like look at this yeah. radical position I'm taking, absolutely. but it, it's it's yeah. cowardice. Yeah, yeah. 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 Abdullah, yeah. what were you gonna say? Yeah, like if if like you go back to the history and you read like about the history of Palestine before the 1948 and the coexistence of all people in Palestine, like regardless of their religion of their color of their ethnicity it's it was it's it's an amazing story to read yeah propaganda like uh, <laughs> and this you, you don't you and you don't hear about it no in you academia. don't yeah you That's only it. hear about the crimes that happened yes. to yeah. israelis okay yeah. by the other side right this is what you only hear about we yeah. have terrorists there they are killing our allies Mm -hmm. And you, you have to contextualize the problem. You know the roots of the problem before talking about it. Exactly. Well, yeah. you're not okay. You're you're not. <laughs> we're we're gonna go back to cowardice a little bit here, but I'm interested uh, from Christine, whose bachelor's was in education, right? Farah Roxanne, uh, you went to one of the most uh, liberal universities i think that exist in canada so that when i say liberal i mean uber white so i don't think they would have <laughs> talked about this at the university that you graduated no they from. didn't um but I, I know for myself i went to concordia against again which concordia i would describe in the late 80s early 90s as having a very diverse student population but the faculty was quite conservative. You know, being Iranian uh, and coming to Canada quite young in 1968, you know, there were not any other Muslims in the area of Montreal we came to. Um, I would say that my mother was probably the most political woman on the street, a uh, political person on the street, quite frankly. And uh, politics was always openly talked about. But the strange thing is, even though we went back to Iran mostly every summer, my mother, because of the background that we come from being a family that was originally Jewish that converted to um, to Islam. We were always known in Iran as being the Jewish family. So my mom talked a lot about that part of our heritage. The, she was very mm -hmm. proud of that. Plus, I think she also found like we were going to be able to kind of connect our differences to something that was actually on TV. So in the 70s, mm -hmm. you know, you you know, all in the family, all of those sitcoms, whenever they were talking about discrimination, it wasn't a Muslim that was going to be on, on television, it was going to be like a, a Jewish person, you know, mm -hmm. um, that they would talk about discrimination. And Iran also was, after Turkey, uh, the second Middle Eastern country to um, to recognize Israel. So we were really kind of brought up on that, quite mm -hmm. pro-Israeli, and I remember the first time, and I won't get into the to what happened, but it was when I was an undergrad at Concordia, 
and a very negative thing happened to me. <laughs> and I'll talk about that another time if it comes up. But I remember I didn't learn about the history of Palestine from professors. I learned it from other students. <laughs> That's where the conversation was happening. And to go yeah. back to what you said, Ame, we didn't have Wikipedia in the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. Your first deep dive was Chomsky who yeah, Jewish, who's Jewish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. as far as I'm concerned, in the great tradition of of lefty uh, mm -hmm. you know, yes. Judaism, extremely critical about everything, mm -hmm. you know? And mm -hmm. that's your first deep dive, you know, is yeah, is in all these, you know, these 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 Jewish uh, intellectuals, like, you know, right now I'm reading the idea of Israel by uh -huh. Pape uh -huh. and uh, Norman Finkelstein and and all the rest. So you know, let's let's put the religion part yeah. aside from mm -hmm. all of this. Mm -hmm. uh, Christine, what was your experience like? You grew up in the United States. Mm -hmm. um, you were born in Canada. You were scooped away in the '60s. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> and uh, taken to the U.S. What was your education like when it came to? Um, to Israel and Palestine. Very pro-Israeli in in the United States. Um, you very seldom um, heard anything about the Arab world, you know, mm -hmm. um, the diaspora and anything and everything I've ever learned about my heritage, I had to find on my own. Mm -hmm. And I was taught to be ashamed. I was taught to be ashamed of how I looked and that I was brown and yeah. that, oh, you, you look very North African. You've got that <laughs> look. And uh, don't, uh, you know, there's nothing to be proud of there. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it was very pro-Israel and, and you know, um, just a, lot, a large Jewish population too. And that that's fine. And I learned a lot and I had a lot of, you know, Jewish friends around in the mm -hmm. neighborhood where I learned the culture. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we had um, Lebanese neighbors and they mm -hmm. were also very welcoming. And I wanted to learn, learn more about that culture, Middle Eastern culture. And but my parents frowned upon it. Well, yeah, it's OK if you play with Jane, but not too much. It's it's better if you go and play with um you know yeah you picked you picked a super like white name when you said jane so you lost right? the... <laughs> that's it christopher and... sometimes people are you know... hey well, i got the name christopher first of all because he's the carrier of christ it's very islamic okay mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and my iranian, my iranian mom thought it was exotic but yeah. christine where did you where did you like start to learn about it did, what age where what context i just reading, you know, I was a <laughs> very voracious reader as a teenager and and especially having, you know, Lebanese um, uh, neighbors, I really wanted to learn more. So the library was my best friend. Mm -hmm. And that's where I went to encyclopedias and I wanted to know where, it, you know, where all the Arab countries were and what was this thing that was like, mm -hmm. why have they been demonized? Mm -hmm. And I just didn't get it, you know, mm -hmm. and even um, the neighbors, I asked the father at some point because I was a teenager um, back then, the Lebanese father. And I said, why have all your why do all your children have 
anglicized names, James and Jane and Margie and, you know, Nikki and mm-hmm. okay. And he's like, we immigrated. We had to to fit in. You know, mm-hmm. and I said, well, I, I think that you should be proud. He said, yes, we're proud of our culture, but we celebrate only within the family. Mm-hmm. I thought that was extremely sad. Well, I mean, that it's the same. It's so the same sad. way it's our conversations. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but it's the same way our conversations yeah. will this only is, happen. We're talking about the 70s, right? Yeah. The 70s in the U.S. that said, oh, yes, you know, we we accept immigrants of all, you know, ethnicities, all countries. Yeah. But like multicultural, yeah, but, but in the <laughs> academic in the academic context, okay. Uh, first of all, as a student, you know you, you have more freedoms, I think, than although that seems to be less and less now. When they're yeah. uh, Roxy, I'm going to use a uh, uh, sorry uh, some uh, to listeners. My daughter's name is Farah Roxanne, but I call her Roxy, so don't. I'm not. There's not like a six person here. <laughs> <laughs> Roxy, I'm going to use a, a, a non-Gen X term, so you have to correct me if I'm wrong. Okay, mm-hmm. but right now they're doxing. That was the new term. They're doxing <laughs> students yes. who are signing letters, you know, <laughs> against babies being killed, yes. and they're yeah. doxing them. They're saying yeah. never hire these people again. Right. Exactly. And and yeah. you you know like if yeah. you know as an academic uh, you know being openly um, pro Palestinian mm-hmm. uh, being um, openly <laughs> uh, a person who will clearly state that universities are racist mm-hmm. spaces mm-hmm. Um, I'm not gonna get touched by anybody nobody's gonna want to hire a troublemaker like me. And mm-hmm. that's what that that's what they're trying to do to these students as well. They're trying to right. do the yep. exact same thing, and they and they are doing it to these students as well. Exactly. And yeah. so we can't right. we can't speak. You, you know, even though even though I would argue that I, I I guess like students may have more of a leeway, like they won't feel the effect right away, but they right they, away, feel, but they yeah they maybe, they will feel it later. Maybe later. Remember yeah. that that video that I included the other day uh, of students uh, at York University they, at York University, where where the administration said, "Oh, sure, you can have freedom of expression, but it has limits and comes with responsibilities." Exactly. Oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. I, I was shocked. Yeah, yeah. So these these so are look. What it is today? They're not safe spaces. We don't. No. We don't. We don't have safe spaces. Like if no. if Abdullah and I were in a room together, and somewhere in a university, and people were openly talking uh, about you know being pro-Israeli. Mm. I think people are lying to themselves if they really think that we have the right. To kind of stand up, look at each other, and go, "Do you want to speak? Should I speak? I'll speak, and then you mm-hmm. speak. Should we mm-hmm. do this together?" They're lying to themselves. We we know that there is a risk, and and it's an unfair risk. It's an uh, yeah. un, it's an unfair risk to say anything. Yeah, oh, yeah. So yeah. I don't. <laughs> and the, the, what 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 makes me even sad is all this. Uh, uh, window covering uh, yeah. uh, positions uh, of being open mind uh, academics right. uh, and all this window window dressing uh, posture of them. It's it's I, 
I don't know. It makes me so sad, so sad that the that level of hypocrisy yeah. makes me so sad. Mm-hmm. But I think we at BIPOC uh, AC, uh, I think we have found, I think, the best way to contribute to this fight. Because mm-hmm. one thing that I will say, until there is, uh, it's a uh, Bob Marley's quote, until <laughs> there is no more first class and second class citizen. Class warfare. Class war. warfare. That's what he said. <laughs> then it's a war. It's a war. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we have then the legacy that uh, we will leave behind is what we are doing now. You understand what I mean? Oh, we're okay. It, we we it, have we have different we have different generations here. Ma, you and I are Generation X. Um, although I don't know in Benin if they talked about Generation X in Benin. Christine's on the cusp of Gen X and Boomer. Uh, Abdullah, if I say that you're, geez, Abdullah, what year were you born? Am I allowed to ask that question? Eighty-three. Okay, so that's still that's still Generation X between that and Millennials. This only makes sense in a North American context, by the way. Roxy, you are a Millennial, right? I'm on yeah. the cusp between Millennial and Gen Z. Gen Z, okay. Yeah. My favorite sign that I saw in the rally, the pro-Palestinian <laughs> rally in Montreal, my favorite sign I saw, besides the one I did myself, which was brilliant, but it my was. favorite sign that I saw was a scrawled, handwritten <laughs> sign that I'm pretty sure the person made a spelling mistake and s- scratched they something out. They, they did. Out. I think yeah. they did. But basically, in effect, it was like Netanyahu, Trudeau, Biden, you fucked with the wrong generation. <laughs> and I yes. love that because yeah. I know myself yeah. as a Gen Xer, when I started to become aware I still kept quiet. Yeah. I didn't say anything. I've yes. never, in all, and, and and you know, I am an international expert at Islamophobia. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I was waiting for one of you to say that, but I guess I'll have to say it about myself. <laughs> <laughs> and I have never written about Israel ever, mm-hmm. and writing about Islamophobia ever. Mm-hmm. Part of it is because I feel uncomfortable because of how my mother mm-hmm. raised me. Mm-hmm. And the other part of it is complete fear and self-censorship. This, uh, but that's yeah. gone. It's gone. Yeah. It's done. I'm over. Oh, yeah. I've seen too many dead babies. Exactly. It's finished. I can't self-censor myself. Mm-hmm. I can't mm-hmm. do it. Any- I cannot do it anymore. But it, there it, is there is an MA because you had such support in your struggle um, about, you know, about, you know, again, the mistake of being black while talking about Black Lives Matter. Yeah, yeah. You had tremendous support among yeah. students. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, students because they know. You, you understand what I mean? And I think the reason why I have so much support among students is students. The young generation yeah. is actually the generation that. Uh, can't let themselves be manipulated so easily as much older people are. You know what I mean? Mm. And 
my student, the students of York, they know me. They know how I always stand. I am poor justice, no matter who. I, if I have to stand for Israelites, I will stand for Israel people. If I have yes. to stand for Palestinians, exactly. so yes, the York administration have tried to to portray me as the worst devil on earth, but they never got to students on board. Students, <laughs> yeah, yeah, never mm -hmm. because. The, and that's why you know me. I am not a person of war. Where, you know, punchy, punchy war. No, mm -hmm. I am a person of intellectual war. And the fact that we connect so much with this young generation gives us hope that. We have to work on and we have to work with this generation, this new generation people. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I'm glad that you mentioned the support, the 100%, no, no reserve at all support that I, that I have from students, no matter what the York administration wants to yeah. say about me, etc. You know, well, I, I, I think that. Something that we're going to talk about a little bit uh, in another episode, or you know, I'm sure we're going to have to dedicate a couple of episodes to it. Is um, four out of us, you know, in this group to have? Wait, do you have a degree also in education, MA? Was your uh, first undergrad? I seem to remember that. Was it? It is not the degree as per se. I okay. will say uh, uh, training certificates. Okay. That's okay. I mean. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I, one of the things that I found very disturbing, and I'm going to ask Abdullah to talk about this a little bit, is that on different social media, I have been looking at who has been responding the most to the atrocities. And I can see from the people in education that I know, from the teachers mm -hmm. that I know, Mm -hmm. um they're not saying anything about mm -hmm. the, about the the bodies after bodies after bodies mm -hmm. of babies and horrible images and mm -hmm. and people pushing and prodding and saying like you know uh roxy you probably remember these memes better than i they're not memes why did i say that roxy they're not <laughs> you probably remember like the statements better than i do where people are saying things like you know um, I don't care about, you know, you being uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable that you're uncomfortable, mm -hmm. you know, about images. They're not saying anything. And if they're not saying anything, then I can't even say that education as a field is responsible in any way for humanizing people. Mm -hmm. Abdullah, mm -hmm. I'd like you to speak about that a little bit because Abdullah, when I met you, you were such a happy immigrant. You were so happy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And then you took my class and then you kind of looked do? at me, you kind of looked at me sideways and it was a globalization class. And you're like, I can't trust uh, these Iranians. They're always supporting Hamas and Hezbollah. <laughs> and, you know, what is he doing here? And I mean, you were, I, I'm going to say you were, um, you were quite wide eyed. Uh, you were quite, uh, I would say, innocent 
about your views on Canada and the kinds of discriminations that yeah, sure at first if I'm like I, I I came as an immigrant I came as a baby but I'm you know if I came from a war-torn country and I came to Canada like you did I'd be like Woof, that's mm -hmm. that's amazing but then after a while you start seeing some cracks yes. in your promises so if you could speak yeah. to that a little bit and also you know being an educator and then being in those uh, those university classes I I deeply appreciate it like when when I arrived in Canada. I thought that I arrived to utopia. Mm. It's a freedom. You can say everything you want. Uh, yeah. It's no limit. Uh, it's it's your home now. The and you will have the freedom that you have been looking for a while in your life. And everything like uh, when you arrive to Canada as an immigrant. Uh, I feel that I was a baby, and um, mm -hmm. every time I'm, I'm I'm spending more time here, I'm learning more, and I I know my limits, mm -hmm. and within mm -hmm. this country, yeah. So it's uh, there are taboos that you cannot uh, talk about. You cannot talk about uh, the the uh, the conflict now in the Middle East. You cannot talk about your views why it's happening there. And it's it's not only me, like uh, also like Edward Said, the, the the great figure. Yes, he he suffered because of his, yeah. his views about about Palestine. And let's uh, all remember that he was Christian. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And uh, like uh, it's 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 not easy to talk about yourself here in mm -hmm. in, in Canada mm -hmm. to express your views, especially in the higher education. And uh, later I learned that you have to be careful. You cannot yeah. say everything you want. Yes. Otherwise, you would be in trouble. Yeah. And that, like, uh, is, is this experience is deepened when I went to work as a teacher. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I, I hear from my student, uh, like, uh, like asking me to present about the conflict in, in Palestine mm -hmm. and Israel. And I say, okay, no, we have to avoid these topics in the class. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, your approach to the, to the presentation is not how to bring peace. Mm -hmm. It's because you are trying to bring in facts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we don't want facts. Mm -hmm. No, we don't want facts. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you, you know, that is absolutely something in the field of education that um, there are absolutely yeah. some facts that want to be completely ignored. Um, and, and, and some things that there are, there are not, you know, there are not shades of gray. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's absolutes. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's an administrator at either an elementary school or a university saying, well, you know, I don't know about condemning um, the bombing of uh, children and babies because mm -hmm. it's complicated. It's not the word that's always yeah, used right now. That's the worst. Ah, yeah. it's not. It, not the word. Everyone it's says complicated right now. Yeah. It's not. It's not complicated. It's not complicated it's at not, all. Just like, just like it's not complicated to say to anybody who's arguing in favor of the complicated argument um, mm -hmm. and say to them if they're white. You're not in a position to yeah. say anything because mm -hmm. you know you are speaking from a position of violence 
because you came to this, you know, you and your your forefathers, I know, I know not you specifically, but you're holding on to a position of power that you didn't earn and that you stole mm -hmm. from somebody else. Yeah, yeah, but you're gonna tell those people that they're not allowed to speak on things. And they and they <laughs> hate and they hate if you say to them, you have not traveled the rest of the world. You have no idea what mm -hmm. people in like Benin, Zambia, Malawi, mm -hmm. Tanzania, like I'll, you know, I'll go, you have no idea what they think about you. No, they, they don't look at you as being the beacon of light that you think you are. They, they don't <laughs> look at you that way. And so, yeah, Abdullah, it's I'm sorry for being the first person that warped your mind. I, I apologize for that. I, I, I was the second. <laughs> I'll freely admit it. Brother Abdullah. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I would like to add also that like many people now all over Canada, they are fired because of expressing their right. views about the yeah. uh, what's happening in Palestine. And we heard about the the uh, former director of the University of Alberta Sexual Assault Center. She was she's on leave because of experiencing her views. Someone else from Victor uh, Vancouver, yeah, she is fired because of her views. And many others, like in in yeah. Canada, and this is why what we and Zahra Akhras, she's uh, uh, she worked for the Global News, and she was fired because of just expressing her point of view <laughs> about <laughs> her own her own country. Mm -hmm. yeah. so you know, you can say the most vile things about Palestinians, yeah. about Arabs, about Muslims, about Iranians. I mean, like it's it's part of like a Justin Trudeau uh, speech. He'll say horrible things about Iran and Iranians, not recognizing that he's dehumanizing them. It'll, but but then he'll say, but the people are OK. Yes. <laughs> I, 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 I keep asking myself, like, doesn't he see like himself when he. He talks about Israel and Palestine and his tone, his his language when he talks about the two sides. Can't he see like his his clear bias to the uh, Israeli IDF and what they are doing in, in Palestine and the genocide that mm -hmm. ha that's ha has has been happening there like since 1948? Mm -hmm. I honestly I think that that we're, we're these are things that we are going to tackle uh in further episodes i mean, even this idea of of safe spaces and yeah. the kinds yeah. of claims that universities make I, I know that abdullah and i when we first started talking about islamophobia and universities you know one of the first things i said to him was you know don't think that islamophobia in universities is about access to a prayer space right they'll, they'll <laughs> give you that yeah. They'll, they'll give you a closet to pray in, you know, or, yeah. you know maybe it'll be an argument. And they'll take it, it away. Yeah, they'll take it, it away just yeah. as fast. But, but that's it. They, they may give you a place because they realize that's your safe space going to the closet. Yeah. But then when you really want to be you, oh, after you've done your prayers, after you've reflected and you've thought about the Quran and all the things it teaches you and all the aspects about social justice, that's the part they don't want you to bring into the rest of the to the rest yeah. of the university. That's the yeah. part you're not allowed to talk about. Yeah. 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 These are all things we have to we have to continue. Yeah. So for Absolutely. for for all the listeners today, um the BIPOC Academic Coalition is about developing unity amongst 
everybody in the BIPOC community. So like Ame yeah. said, we stick up for each other. We don't let the people in power separate us, divide and conquer. We yeah. And it's unfortunately it's not going to happen with our generation. Yeah. It's going to happen with the younger generation. Like Absolutely. that sign said, you fucked with the wrong generation. Yeah. <laughs> and that's yeah. the generation that we we really have to work with Absolutely. and we have to speak to. Absolutely. Absolutely. Barbara Roxanne, do you have anything to say? Um, I would just add that you can find out more information about the BIPOC Academic Coalition if you look up the BIPOCAC.org. And also we're on Instagram as well, just under BIPOCAC. Thank you very much. We Thank have you. A, we have a lot more to talk about. Um, yeah. Abdullah, Christine, Ame, even you, Roxy. Um, <laughs> if you, you know, whatever idea you have stemming from the conversation that we had today, anything that you want to go more in depth with, I don't think we could ignore. Uh, what's the death count of, of babies and children right now, Abdullah? What is it at 5,500? What's the number, not including the poor, precious babies that are under rubble? Whatever the horrific number is, uh, this is something that we can't hide. We can't, yeah. we have to talk about it. Uh, yeah. MA, I really do think that it's also important that we talk about it in context of how uh, the Black Lives Matter came and went. Yeah. Nothing changed, a lot of promises, nothing occurred. You know, Christine, I think we need to talk about the fact that, um, you know, these buzzwords like decolonization will never happen in a colonized country. No, it's, not, it's, it's not going to occur in a country that's being colonized. And yeah. and when do we have the freedoms to speak out about that and, and to say these institutions are built on racism? They were built yeah. to expand your empires mm -hmm. and you've yeah. got to stop selling to this new generation that you're the answer. Yeah, you're and, not the answer. No, they're mm -hmm. not the answer. No, they and, can't uh, be. It's impossible. And the one thing that uh, I want to add is, uh, and uh, no change can come from within. No, no. change. Oh, that's another because, episode. I'll take that. Yes. <laughs> because absolutely true. Absolutely true. No, I, I, yeah, I've not experienced that. You're absolutely right. No change comes yeah. from within. Right. Finally, uh, Roxy, uh, we'll need you as that person on the cusp of Gen Z and Millennial to make sure that whatever new hip terms that we think we're using, that we're using them correctly. We've got to keep the well, old yeah. people on the straight and narrow. Maybe at the end of a podcast, you'll Look, the say... Word of, the word of the day today was docs. And this I used it correctly, word. right? Yeah, yeah. Did I use it correctly? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. it. <laughs> Yeah. And I, Abdullah, I don't want to age you. If you want to be part of the millennials and all that, you can join that group too, okay? I, I, I stopped counting my, my age after 40. <laughs> <laughs> Abdullah, some ideas for you. Uh, that would be great from Ame, Christine, uh, for the next episode. I'll see everybody in a week. And yeah. let's just keep on resisting. Yes. Yeah, let's keep on resisting. Thank so, you. One last and, word. Uh, Oh, yeah. yeah. Ceasefire yeah. now. Ceasefire yeah. now. Ceasefire now. Ceasefire yeah. now. But, and uh, Christopher, yes, stop, uh, stop calling my name as if you were Arabic. Okay? Kame, Tavalanto. Sounded actually more Spanish. Bye. Love you all. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.
مقاومه